Hello. Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. The robots have taken over, and I am pleased to announce that I will be your host for tonight. Ha 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 ha. Ha ha. Ha ha ha. I admit, my laugh is not very scary. Tonight we'll be learning all about me. Oh bot. I love to help humans learn to code. Stick around, this is going to be a lot of fun. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream Wirecast and Nimble Streamer. Tune in every week on Roku, Kodi, Plex, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's so nice to see you again this week. I'm Robbie, and over there, we've got uh, Jeff Weston on your left. Hey. Sasha Rickman on the right. Hello. Nice to see you, too. Have a good week. you, too. Yeah. It's nice. Short sleeves. I know. We're all in short sleeves tonight. I'm actually wearing a, a, like a standard t-shirt. I know. How is that? Two we've, weeks ago, we had snow banks that were two sashes high. That's yeah. true. We've yeah. entered the 14 days of summer, so <laughs> enjoy them. But it's true. Last week, our kids went to school in snowsuits. Today, they're in shorts and t-shirt. Welcome to Canada. Yeah, it's incredible. Tis the season. Tis mm-hmm. the season. Oh, we've got such a fun show planned tonight. I know. It's going to be a lot of fun. I know just from the before the show discussions and everything that this is going to be a blast. Now, you see our friends that are here with us tonight. We're going to be looking at them in just a couple of moments. Um, first of all, just a reminder, speaking of shirts, um, Category 5 TV shirts are available, and they're being printed by Teespring. And you may wonder, well, what does that mean? Now, Teespring is a fundraising website. They produce professionally screened t-shirts and that means that when you support us by purchasing one of those shirts they will print it on demand for you and send it to you so there's no there's no hassles there's no having to wait for it you're going to receive it and we don't have minimum order quantities and all that kind of stuff that we've dealt with in the past uh, so that's a really cool way that you can support us head on over to cat5.tv slash shirts to pick up yours and Andy Otley is the first one to actually send us a picture as well. Yay, Yay. Andy! It was and, a great photo. Andy sent that in and uh, noticed also and now the new gaming rig behind him there. Yes. Um, and I was kind of incidentally wondering what, uh, what, what hash rate do you get on there with uh, Cat5 TV miners? Just just. Um, Andy is in the UK, so, um, you know, we're here in Canada. Uh, The shirts get printed in the United States, and he's received it already in the UK. So I appreciate you sending in the the photo, and I'm glad that uh, that the shirt got there and, and looks great. Robbie, did Andy send in his shirt via contest at Category5.tv? No, he, he posted it on Facebook. But okay. what I was thinking is with that sweet gaming rig that he's got behind him there, yeah, maybe maybe someone could hook him up. Uh, I wish there was someone here who had some access keys to maybe like a Steam VR game. Right, like maybe Dead Effect 2 VR. Andy? Andy, yeah. in? <laughs> I think he's like, yeah. Okay, let's do this. <laughs> done. Done and done. Andy's our winner this week, folks. That's perfect. Congratulate the no it's not a rigged contest. It's just a contest it's for just, his rig. It's, it's just a contest for anyone who right. we decide to win. So it's it. it's so. random <laughs> in that we will pick from anybody who emails us at contest at category five dot TV <laughs> or sends us a picture. In their Cat 5 apparel. There you go. Yep. <laughs> and uh, that is while supplies last. Just so you know, we do have a finite amount and we are running low. We're just about at that point. We've been giving them away for a little bit. And yeah. uh, it's a lot of fun. So you definitely uh, want to participate in that. So if you've already won and you're playing, it turns out that you can play in co-op mode. Nice. Which mm-hmm. means if you need help, don't ask me, A. <laughs> but if you need to give help, I'm here for you. 
And in the meantime, while you're waiting to find out if you've won because, you, because you've submitted your photo, you can just listen to us on Google Music. That's right. Yes. So you can go to category5.tv slash subscribe because we are on Google Play Music and you can subscribe to the show and listen and, and listen to Cat5 whenever, wherever, download them to your phone, device, whatever, and uh, cool. let the good times roll. Lots of different ways that you can tune into Category 5 TV. Um, now, we've been looking at Facebook over the past few weeks, and that partially is because of everything that kind of happened with Cambridge Analytica, Sasha canceling her account, and a lot of viewers also considering canceling their accounts, and some actually took that step. Um, but um, just a heads up, now we've actually started to notice that Facebook has started to implement some changes into the way they address privacy. Now there were some features that were leaked a couple of days ago that weren't meant to go out just yet, but in particular, as an app developer myself, I noticed some changes in the app uh, dev center. And basically what they've started to do as of this month, uh, well I guess uh, early April. Um, so with everything that's going on surrounding the privacy issues with the API, you guys are familiar with that? I mean, when the API can be connected to from an app and that app can download private information, that can be a problem. And that's what has happened. So they've made it now so that any app that wants access to private information has to be approved manually by the Facebook um, staff. So that is uh, probably a move in the right direction, but at the same time, it's a little bit of a pain for little guys like me because I develop apps that are quite simplistic in their nature, and, uh, and they have been shut off. I've lost access to the API until the review process is complete. So I've had to submit a review for the app uh, and wait now for Facebook to review the app and make sure that I'm not doing anything untoward. So what happens with apps that have already been approved for uh, connection via Facebook? Mm -hmm. Like I, I know if you're a gamer with MMOs on your phone, ton of the uh, ton of those would connect through Facebook so that you have your account protected and secure, yep. and you can back it up if you have to reset your device and stuff. So if you've already been using an app that's approved, is that now wiped out and you have to re? Not the not the user, the app developers. So I think that. With a, with the larger app studios, they're they're well ahead of this. Now I'm I don't develop apps as like that's not a, a big part of my business whatsoever. But so it, it actually took a few weeks for us to realize that some of the apps were not working. Um, and then finally, when we did, it was like oh what's going on and then track down the problem to oh the connection to the api has been disconnected because it has to go in for a review process so even if those apps have already been approved jeff they have to the app developer has to submit again for uh, approval uh, uh for them to have access to those features so if they are an existing app developer they have until august 1st to do that um not really sure how that works because they do cut off access to certain features like events uh, for example that's one that's really impacted me this week um, so maybe some features of their apps would stop working right away um, but they can they can apply for a re-review to be able to gain access to those so I think they're they're taking the right steps anyways to right. to protect user data okay so it's a, a good good start anyways, but a bit of a pain for us app developers who are not necessarily the big studios. So We've got to take a really quick break now. We've got Obot here live in the studio. We're going to be talking with them, learning how to code, learning a little bit more about STEM and uh, how we can teach our kids to code. I say kids, but I'm actually really enjoying this. We're going to learn from Obot coming right up. Don't go anywhere. For a limited time, get your hands on limited edition shirts from the Category 5 TV network. These high-quality shirts are manufactured by Teespring, a fundraising website, and your purchase will help support the shows we produce. Get yours today and send us your pictures to be featured on the corresponding show. Visit cat5.tv shirts to support us and get your official network shirt today. cat5.tv shirts. Thank <laughs> you. 
Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. And as promised tonight, we are learning STEM education from Obot. And Obot has just found its way to Canada thanks to Johanna Garcia, the founder of Canadian Classroom. And uh, this is a company that's been around since 1999. Um, She was at a trade show, and uh, they show off a whole lot of different educational toys and things like that at this trade show. And while there, she came across Obot from the UK and decided, hey, this is something that we don't really have here in Canada, and I'm going to show you all about it, how it works. But because we don't have this in Canada, let's bring it in. So Canadian Classroom has got it here in Canada now. It's available in the UK. Uh, it's, avail- it's, it's growing. It's a, it's a very new product, though. So tonight we're going to be showing you uh, what, this, uh, what this can do and how it works. Um, basically, STEM education is something that here at the show we've been really interested in promoting and learning more about and becoming more involved in because I love the idea, and I think the same is, is for the crew here, that of encouraging young people to learn science technology education mathematics things that are going to skills that should uh, that should help them uh, in this tech driven world and that's exactly what canadian classroom is working on uh, is bringing into canada are all these great stem based toys and and different ways that you can get involved in STEM. Now, these are really cool because they teach kids, and I say kids very loosely because my seven-year-old is, is loving it. Uh, I'm loving it. Uh, I'm a little older than seven. And, kids is a state of uh, kids, mind. Kids of all ages, we'll say. Uh, I think as soon as you can sit down at a computer to the day that you can no longer sit at a computer, you're going to enjoy these. But it teaches you to code. And I've got two Obots in front of me today. I've got a red one and a blue one, you might think. Uh, but the blue one is, in fact, uh, Microsoft Windows driven. And the red one is, you ready for this? Raspberry Pi. <gasps> okay. Uh-huh. Okay. So, <laughs> red for raspberry. Yes. So, I've got this connected to a Raspberry Pi 2, and I've got this one connected to my laptop, which is Windows 10, is what it's running right now. Uh, so, the, the software that each one runs is going to be a little bit different based on the platform that you're connecting to. So, this one being connected to a Raspberry Pi, I've actually coded it to just kind of look around and, and blink its eyes and things like that in pure Python. Um, so, these are commands that I've just programmed in just to give it a little bit of activity here on the show. But we're pretty much going to be working with the Windows one tonight, which is um, coded using a, an interface that is basically very, very similar to Scratch. And Scratch has become a, a really great learning coding language, if you will, a visual coding language for kids to get involved in coding and to learn syntax and to learn the interactivity between different commands and, and the, the workflow of coding. Um, so, so that's really cool. We're going to be looking at that one tonight. Um, you can purchase these either disassembled, like a DIY kit, which is you know fantastic if you really want to sit down with your kids or, or yourself. Uh, it would require uh, parental supervision to, to help with this. But you can actually just get the parts and put it all together yourself and then build it. Um, or you can buy it already pre-assembled. So here we go. Can we take a look? Yeah. Okay. First of all, now, what I want to do is I want to actually bring up their website just so you can get an idea, an impression as to um, how you can, you know, what, what they're offering uh, with Obot. And it is, it's a full platform, I'll say. It's not just a robot. I think the robot head is really the extension that allows you to feel, as the person who's coding it, as if you are interacting with a physical Thing. It makes it so much more fun. It makes it so much more fun when you code something and there's an immediate response, whether it be um, blinking or talking or moving its head, whatever it may be. It's responding to your programming. So, uh, so it's really an extension of of that. So it's not just you know the same old kind of coding on the screen. You get a lot more to it. So you can get the Obot kit and all that kind of stuff. I'll let you browse it, but it's obot.co.uk. And the instructions are fantastic. Everything is well laid out, um, which I think is really important with something like this, because you 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 know you you don't want it to be overcomplicated. And part of this is the learning experience and making it fun. And they've done a fantastic job of doing just that. So there's kind of the kit and what you need, and it's all detailed in such a way that 
hey, you, you know what? You and the kids could really, really do this. If you're grandma, grandpa, uh, mom, dad, aunt, uncle, this is a great, uh, a great project to work on together. Or if you don't want to build it yourself, you can get the assembled version anyways. So what I want to jump into is the coding end of things. Of course, there's the software, which is available for Windows or Raspberry Pi. Raspberry Pi, again, you're going to be going through the process of setting up your Pi with the OBOT and coding it in Python. Uh, and so I've installed Raspbian on there, essentially, and just followed the prompts to install the needed drivers and software and it's got a diagram here to show you how to power it and all that kind of stuff. On Windows, on the other hand, it's in the App Store. So uh, on Windows 10, you can just download it and install it um, from the App Store, which is pretty great in that, and I'm going to be showing you the interface in just a couple of moments, but you can actually start coding the OBOT before you even get an OBOT. So you can start learning how it works. You can start playing with it. See if you're going to enjoy it before you even get the product. So, uh, so that's really cool. Now, what, do you, what do you mean by that, that you can... Uh, start trying it, like coding it and, and trying it. Is there like a, a visual? Yeah, Jeff, as soon, oh. as soon as I show you the interface, it's, it's going to be like, oh, okay, I see, I see. So let's, let's bring it up and, and you'll see what I mean. Uh, so here it is. Looks like Scratch, but it's got an OBOT on the screen. Okay? Right. So when I, for example, if I run the reset script, he moves, he blinks on the screen, right? So anything that I do in my code is happening in, in real life on the OBOT. So if we take a look at him and run that same code, reset all, boom. Oh, my mistake, sorry. So there you go. Uh, let's move him around a little bit. I'll just run this script here. So this is actually happening on the screen as well. See him moving there? Uh -huh. So you can learn to, to do the movements and everything else on the screen. You can even do the speech synthesis, everything else. Cool. Okay. <laughs> so it, that's so simple, what I've done there. Okay, so let's, let's get into the, like, kind of dive into what is uh, possible here. Now, first of all, um, Obot, really, really cool to have you here on the show. Hi. I'm very pleased to be here on Category 5 Technology TV today. And it is great to have you here. Can you tell us just a little bit about, uh, you know, are you, are you able to speak French, for example? I'm a multilingual robot. Ces cerises sont si sûres qu'on ne sait pas si sans son. Nice. So the speech synthesis and the OBOT itself is able to be coded in such a way that we can do multilingual applications. So we're not limited just to English. Um, I've done French there. Now, where it gets that on the Windows version is through um, your, um, your locale settings. So you add a locale and Windows automatically downloads the voice synthesis and the, the text itself, like the dictionary and everything else. So it's part of the Windows operating system and OBOT then translates that into robot movements. Now, I'm not going to get too big into the coding end of things tonight because realistically, there's so much that we can do with this. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun for you, for your family. Um, but I'll tell you a little bit about what, uh, what we've done so far. So I, I hooked this up, and it only took a couple of minutes' time to get this up and going uh, at home. Yeah, actually, it took... A little more time to set it up than it did for the kids to start making it say poop jokes. <laughs> of course, that's the one thing the kids the are going go to go thing right away. The yeah. first thing was like poop jokes and red eyes and like evil sayings and things. Right. Uh, <laughs> typical kids, right? Yes. So uh, my 10-year-old, he is big on Scratch. He loves coding and he really took to it right away. Now he's Scratch experienced. He's, he's, he's done a lot of stuff. And um, so he just jumped on it and started coding away and, and making his own program. Hello there. He's Would you like to hear a story? Yes. Yeah, tell me. Would you like to hear a story? Yes. Oh, 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 sorry, I didn't know you were there. This is not like 
then I was surprised, and you can see the the like excitement around this. They're just going at it. You know, I'm hands off, and the kids are just taking over and, and doing their own thing. I was surprised though that our seven year old actually jumped on there, and he spent literally an entire day teaching Obot through code to tell a story. So it was talking, it was um, moving around, and he had actually written and coded this hilarious story from the mind of a seven-year-old through the Obot. <laughs> Hello, my name is Thrust. It's nice to meet you. Want to be friends? Amazing. And it's good storytelling. No, it's real. For him. Very cool. Mm -hmm. So, what kind of features come with the Obot? Like, is is it something where you just program it, or can you, uh, like, is there like a visual sensor where you could talk to it and it talks back? Like, there are tons of sensors, Jeff. And, yeah? and again, I can't show all of the features of what's possible. Okay. But check out one of the things that we can do is get on back onto their website, and if you go to um, program and then code snippets. Now these code snippets are for the Windows version. You see all these kinds of things that you can do from uh, web querying, like it'll actually tap into the Wikipedia um, API so that you can ask it questions and things like that, um, to interacting with a webcam so that it will actually follow your, uh, your face on the webcam and, and you can speak back and forth with it. So there are actually some sensors for things like um, when I hear a certain word, I can program it with, um, and I guess that would be an event. So when, see, when hello is heard, and I can change that word to any word and, and program it to respond in some way based on the words that, uh, that it hears. Is it, can I take the risk of doing this live? Sure. I'm just going to add test this. When the word test this is heard, I'm going to stop the program, and then I'm going to say, um, say, I hear you. Okay. So let's see what happens here. Test this. I, oh, you know what? I don't even have a microphone, Jeff. Oh. Yes. Yes. The answer is yes. You absolutely can set it up to do things um, <laughs> interactively. And I just realized that I, I don't have a microphone plugged into this laptop. Um, oh, okay. So let's get into a little bit of the coding end of things. You can see that he's doing some, some things over here because I've already set up some programming for him. Um, let's go into the program and let's create a new file. So we're just going to, again, we're going to get into the very simplistic um, setup. And it comes with some documentation that is, again, I've mentioned that they're really keen on making this simple and easy to get involved in. You get stuff like this, where it's like, here's a project. So the first project is how to make him nod. The second project is how to make him speak. And the third project is how to now make the mouth move when he speaks. So let's actually get a quick look at how that works. And I'll, I'll bring it up like that. So... I'm going to first of all make him speak. So let's go, uh, let's set up an event and we're going to say when the green flag is clicked, let's say, hi there everyone, and run. Now you notice we're still in French mode because we were talking in French there. So I can actually control who is going to be speaking. So that was not French. It didn't translate or anything like that. It just simply, she has such a strong French accent, and it was a French dictionary that, um, that it wouldn't work So uh, in English. So I've changed to an English-speaking robot. Hi there, everyone. There you go. Okay, so you notice that the, 
the Hi old there, dog everyone. comes to life and starts talking, but there's no movement. So let's do something a little bit different. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up a control loop, and we're going to say forever we're going to we're going to loop this, and let's set up some. We're going to set up a sensor, but what we need to do is create. Let's see. See, there's so much stuff here, eh, Jeff? Mm-hmm. You're pretty familiar with uh, with this. Well, yeah, this is very similar to um, the Siggy doll. Yes. Yeah, it's from, like the uh, scratch interface. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. So what I want to actually do is I want to set the lips. So let's see if it's in motion here. Yes. Set top lip, first of all, and then set bottom lip. Now, by default, it's going to set the position to 5, which is the middle. But what I want to actually do is I want to set up a sensor and say, okay, the bottom lip is the bottom lip sensor, and the top lip is the top lip, lip sensor. So now, and let's, uh, let's create an uh, event to make it uh, say, hi there, everyone. So we're going to create a new event, and I'm going to do this instead when the space button is pressed, or I can set that to any other key. So now if I push start and hit space. Hi there, everyone. So now the motion is synchronized with the words, and it's as simple as that, but we've just learned how to code. We've just learned how, how these two elements work together. So the, the, um, the motion is being controlled by the voice. So, I mean, what else can you do? There's so many different projects that we could get into. I feel like this would be great for maybe class presentations. Like I feel That's like there'd be a, exactly a group right. of kids and one every week or one one team of kids every week would get to program the robot to do a quick presentation for mm-hmm. the class, right? Or, you know, I, I just picture like when I was a kid, this would be such a good tool for me to not only learn like cooperation, mm-hmm. um, but also to be able to get up and present something and you could present anything with this robot, right? Well, let's be clear, when you were a kid, this was Johnny Five. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Let's see. That's let's, what I'm seeing is Johnny Five. Yeah. Let's do a little bit more, okay? Let's get into the motion. So when space is pressed, let's do a little more than just speaking and moving the mouth. Let's actually do a couple of different things, like, a, like moving the head a little bit as, as it speaks. So let's, uh, let's let it look at the camera. Right now it's kind of looking down. So find that spot. So head turn eight. Let's try that and see what happens. Hi there, everyone. So that's the wrong direction. And notice I just hit space to, to try that. Hi there, everyone. So four is approximately looking at the camera. Now so with the, like the eight and four, is that based on like a clock, like the 12 hours or? Um, no, I think it's, it's uh, the position like zero to 10 kind of thing. Okay. And All so right. what we're actually doing is we're coding based on like presets. So okay. five is the middle and 10 is far one direction and zero is far the other direction. Um, now I can go head nod. With head nod, I can now make Obot look up a little bit. So let's try. Uh, let's try eight. Oh. Hi there, everyone. Perfect. Now let's get the eyes to turn just a little bit more toward the camera. Hi there, everyone. Creepy. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. You think that, but it's, we're learning, and it's so much fun. Let's make the eyes turn to um, green, because we like green eyes. Hi there, everyone. How okay, cool so this is where you're talking about going with the red eyes, and I'm like... Yes. See, that's where I would jump in, and I'd go red eyes and be like, I am going to destroy the world. <laughs> Something like that. Right, yeah. my robot would be like, let me cook you a lasagna. You just want to replace your grandma. let's look at a couple of the sample codes that are available now it comes with the welcome script and this one as you can see is uh, quite large but what it does is it shows you some of the ways that you can interact with obot so we've got um, some loops that just kind of move it around all the time let's take a look at what that does so you can see it's blinking and it's looking around doing those kinds of things and then there's some things that if i press space for example hello is there somebody a human there Obot 2.1 here. 
ready to be programmed. If there is someone there, please type your name in. Now I notice it's waiting for my mouse movement, so I can actually move the head with my mouse. Oh, that's crazy! Isn't that cool? So I can control where it's looking, what it's doing. That's neat. And you can see. And so what we're doing is we can learn on the screen. So if I bring that up, kind of wide, so that you can see the entire code, you can see and learn. And there are even notes to help us to learn how to code Obot. So. It's, it's a lot of fun. There's really no limits other than your imagination, and it's going to teach you how to code. And I think, you know, this is something that I'm really excited about with the kids. I'm excited about this. Um, but I also think that this product itself is, is really, really cool. Absolutely. I mean, I would have loved this as a kid. I love it now as an adult. Oh, yeah. Now, with something like this, could you... Like, I'm picturing my kids in the morning, just the way our house sets up. Mm -hmm. uh, they come down the stairs into, like, the living room area before they head to the kitchen to get their breakfast. If I had a little raspberry pie and the old bot sitting there in the kitchen, could it pick up the motion of them coming in every morning at, like, quarter after seven and say, good morning, what would you like for breakfast? Like, could you sure. program it to do stuff like that so that it's always yeah. live and always paying attention? <laughs> so, right. yeah, and, and you could actually um, use, like, the Alexa API or things like that. Like, you can use APIs so that you can interact with it right? and talk with it. Right. I think that this would probably, like, parents would like this for programming, like, okay, time to brush your teeth. And probably kids wouldn't, you know, talk back to a make robot it, as and much, make it right? Funny, like, yeah. they'd be like, oh, yeah, the robot said. Yeah. See, I, maybe I'm, somebody's going to yell at me on YouTube for this, but I would also be uh, keen to just stick it in my kids' room and then, like, 10 minutes after I leave, the lights for the <laughs> just turn on. Oh, Jeff. <laughs> Be no. like, I'm watching you. It, no. <laughs> I would totally do that. Totally. Have the motion sensor so that when anybody walks by, it just It's watches. like that old Billy the Bass thing. You right. walk down the hallway and the fish starts singing at you. But make it interactive. So if I look at the code here now, again, I'm looking at the Windows version here, Jeff. Okay. But in the Windows, Windows version, for example, if I go into sensing, you can see all kinds of different ways. But notice, well, when you can actually use a sensor that says when a camera when it uh, senses a face or when a camera senses movement okay those can be triggers these are sensors so instead of controlling based on keys pressed like pressing the space button i can in fact control like set the obot to do something by seeing something on the camera or by seeing a face on the camera hey who goes there right right that kind of stuff um, and then interact what's your name who right. are you what are you doing Right. Have you okay. brushed your teeth? <laughs> so we could program one to like when we go live every week, say it's, it's showtime. It's showtime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Hmm. Uh, Interesting. I think what it boils down to, I mean, it's really a difficult thing for me to show because there's so many different things. And you can say, well, can it do this? Yeah. You're coding it. You're programming it. There's really no limit beyond your imagination. So if you want to add a webcam, Jeff, and make it sense your face or your kids moving through the house, absolutely you can do that. Right. If you want it to interact with a web API, let's show you the Wikipedia um, system, for example. This yes. is mind-blowing to me. So if I run the Wikipedia sample script, which you can get off of their, uh, their website, um, it is WebQuery, and run that. Now, when space is pressed, it asks me a question. I can see that. So, see, I'm already learning to code by looking at the screen. What do you want to know about? What would I like to know about? Now, this one is prompting me on the left-hand side. Uh, I'll bring that up so you can see that on your screen. It's prompting me to enter a query. So, if we said something like Linux, for example. So, let's say I wanted to learn more about Linux and interact with my Obot in order to learn that. Wikipedia says, Linux, listen, LinkAS, is a family of free and open source software operating systems built around the Linux kernel. Typically, Linux is packaged in a form known as a Linux distribution, or distro for short, for both desktop and server use. The defining component of a Linux distribution is the Linux kernel, <laughs> an operating system It'll just kernel go on and on. Through. So we can program it to do, uh, you know, if you wanted to, write a program that tells you the weather forecast when you interact with it right use some of the available open source code because it's it's available on uh the code is on github 
the Python code is available for free on GitHub, and you can you can set it up however you like. And so, if the microphone is hooked up to if yeah yeah if, if the <laughs> plug in a mic, folks, or use a laptop with a with a mic. <laughs> so, if the microphone is hooked up to it, could you have a full blown conversation and it respond to you, or do the responses have to be programmed? <sighs> You can use, I, I would say yes, but but that would take much more experience than I have in coding the OBOT. Right. Because you could use the Raspberry Pi version connected with Python and use a Python library for, say, Alexa or another interactive um, AI. And then it would tap into Amazon's system, for example, and be able to communicate using that. But OBOT would be the, the, the front end of that interface. So right. absolutely, that can be done. That's wild. Isn't that cool? All right, I know what's That's going on my birthday list. Mind-blowing. <laughs> but you're not a kid. Uh, have you chatted with me lately? <laughs> I am very much a kid in a grown-up's body. I'm like Tom Hanks big. I saw Just that one. the opposite. <laughs> if anyone has any questions about OBOT, at all. Make sure you get onto our website, category5.tv. Send us an email there. Has anything coming in the chat room at all? Uh, just before we move on, but if you are looking for this on your, on your birthday list or whatever it may be, or you just want to pick one up, make sure you head on over to canadianclassroom.com. Check them out. Um, it is also available on amazon.co.uk, so if you want to use our partner link, uh, we are partnered with, the, uh, with that website, so you can purchase it through that. If you go through our website, category5.tv, click on support us, and then uh, visit through our partner links. Or, of course, you can go directly to Oba co.uk isn't that awesome so much fun like so it. much fun i want one you've got virtual reality you don't need a robot well i could have a robot that uses instead of an alarm clock it would just like all of a sudden its eyes would glow and it'd be like it's 445 oh wow we can think of so many different th- i think we need to start our own code base where all of our viewers get an obot and start creating these <laughs> kinds of things like yeah you heard it here you can do anything that you want uh, so start coding and let's see what <laughs> we can come up with awesome <laughs> this is Category 5 Technology TV. Make sure you check out our website, Category5.tv. And uh, Sasha, we're going to jump right over to the newsroom, my friend. Beautiful. Here are the stories we're covering this week in the Category5.tv newsroom. A true Linux smart- smartphone will be available within the next year. It's already happening. People are porting Linux to the Nintendo Switch. A company which specializes in delivery robots plans to expand its operations from two campuses to 20 by 2019 with a fleet of 1,000. A driver who moved into the passenger seat after putting his electric car into autopilot while at 40 miles per hour on a highway has been banned from driving. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? Just because Jeff is confused doesn't mean you have to be. Visit cat5.tv slash dreamhost to sign up for unlimited web hosting for your website with unlimited email accounts, MySQL databases, the latest version of PHP, WordPress, and more, and even a free domain name registration. It's less than $6 per month, so sign up today. cat5.tv slash dreamhost. This is the Category5.tv newsroom, covering the week's top tech stories with a slight Linux bias. I'm Sasha Rickman, and here are the top stories we're covering, we're following this week. After raising more than $2 million last year to build a Linux-powered smartphone with a focus on privacy and open-source software, Purism hopes to deliver the first Librem 5 smartphones early next year. The phone is expected to ship with an NXP i.mx 
8M 64-bit ARM Cortex A53 processor and feature 3 gigabytes of RAM, 32 gigabytes storage, and a micro SD card slot, a headphone jack, USB Type-C port, and front and back cameras. But it will also have physical kill switches that disconnect the camera, mic, broadband, and Wi-Fi or Bluetooth for security and privacy purposes when you're not using those features. One of the biggest challenges is software. The phone won't ship with Android or iOS. Instead, it will run free and open source Linux-based software, which doesn't have a great track record with being phone friendly. But now Purism has announced that the Librem 5 will support at least three different operating systems and user interfaces at launch. Pure OS, a version of Pure OS with KDE Plasma mobile environment, and Ubuntu Touch. Pure OS is the company's own Linux distribution, which the team is adapting to work on touchscreen devices with phone-sized screens. KDE Plasma Mobile is a mobile project from the team behind the KDE desktop environment for GNU Linux. Ubuntu Touch is the version of Ubuntu Linux that Canonical developed for phones and tablets and then scrapped when the company decided to shift direction. But Ubuntu Touch is an open source project, so when Canonical stopped developing it, another team of developers calling themselves UB Ports decided to pick up the torch, continuing to work on the operating system. UB Ports and Purism are working together to ensure that Ubuntu Touch is fully supported on the phone and that future software software updates remain compatible. Out of the box, the Librem 5 will ship with Pure OS, featuring a GNOME-based desktop environment. Users will have the choice of installing KDE Plasma Mobile or Ubuntu Touch if they prefer to use one of those alternatives. I like it. This is awesome. When when can exactly. I get one? Exactly. When? Well, it was, it's a, I don't know if it was Kickstarter or was it a, a fundraising campaign anyways, but the plan is, is January of 2019. That's the target goal. And they far surpassed their, uh, the amount that they were trying to raise. I think it was like $1 million and they went to like 1.5 or something like that. So yeah. probably January if things go well, but we have seen like Ubuntu phone that kind of failed in the past and some other Linux phones. But what is cool about this, I think anyways, is that, the, the whole idea behind a Linux smartphone, there's a few different things here that are really exciting. First of all, it's a full OS. So you get the security and the privacy of an OS and under the hood, it's something that you can control. So you are now in control of your phone rather than whoever's manufacturing the software, writing the software that runs it. So, but also, um, it's dockable. So you can plug this into a, like a 22-inch screen and sit down like it's a computer, and boom, you've got a desktop operating system up on your screen, and it's powered by your phone. See, that's it's exciting. I, I like that. I really I like that there's the kill switches and and the <laughs> privacy and security stuff for the fact that I feel like that will really draw like the masses over to this. The only problem with that though is not the masses are not used to Linux. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Jeff, yes. everything that you own is run by Linux. Isn't it PlayStation really is. run by Linux? No, yes, it is. I understand right. that, but what I mean by that is um, the normal consumer for a phone Mm -hmm. is used to Apple telling them what to do or Android telling them what to do for the most part. So to have something that is customizable like a Linux phone, I think will be a huge mind shift for a lot of people. They won't, they'll be able to pick it up and use it, but to fully use it to its potential, I don't think a lot of people will have the know-how and that's going to take a little bit of time. I have faith. We'll do a couple of shows about it when I get mine, and everyone can watch, and they'll be right on board. I think people will do okay. I really do. I think people will grasp it fairly well. I mean, we adapted force to smartphones from dumb phones, and now it's just... Exactly. What's going to confuse us is more features? Well, they can create an interface, and they have created interfaces that are like iOS or Android. It's just under the hood, there's more to it and a lot more functionality. All right, well, you two have more faith in humanity than I do. I have a lot of faith in it. <laughs> I absolutely have faith in it, especially the fact that now that you have a Linux phone, that now there's just like an endless amount of different, you know, operating systems and distros and such that can, like the, right now there's just the ones that are offered 
But I know the Linux community. They're just going to have so many. I just want to install LibreOffice on my phone. Like that will be the day when I can just sit, plug it in and start typing on my phone like that. Okay, Beautiful. real quick before we go to the next story. Is it going to be able to interface with app stores as far as apps go? Or are you going to have to sure. use... Yes. Oh yeah, the whole like the whole ecosystem of Linux is repository based. So why not start being able to install apps, if you will, through through that architecture? Okay. It's Ubuntu. It's Debian based, so absolutely. It's going to be there. Okay. Yes, it has already happened. We talked about the Tegra exploit last week, which is now in the wild, and already a user has Ubuntu running on the Nintendo Switch. Not every hardware hacker goes about things privately, and one such group has disclosed the Nintendo Switch exploit that allows anyone with the portable gaming device to load Linux on the Switch without much fuss. The exploit in question, this time dubbed Show Elf 2, was revealed by Failover Flow. In a blog post, they explained that a bug in the boot ROM of the NVIDIA Tegra X1 processor can be used to take control over the entire boot process. This, they add, is effectively like a US-based rescue mode intended for initial flashing of Tegra devices and recovery of bricked devices. Normally, RCM mode only allows signed images to be loaded, but thanks to the bug, that is not the case. As neither Nintendo or Nvidia can patch the hole, it means every single Nintendo Switch sold to date can be made to run Linux. Failover Flow released a fully open source Linux boot stack for the Switch based on Arch Linux. Almost immediately, other Linux enthusiasts raced to get their favorite distros, desktops, and tools running on the Switch as well. And a user calling themselves CMSJ has managed to squeeze the latest Ubuntu 18.04 release onto a Nintendo Switch. The volume rocker already works, as, as does the ambient light sensor, though very they note it's very slow at this point. They plan to tweak things and get it to a very usable state. Ubuntu aside, it is still very early days for Linux on the Switch. Not all hardware functions properly. Not every Linux app is available on ARM processors, and performance will vary from distro to distro. The code to install Linux on your Nintendo Switch is already available on GitHub, though you'd have to be either very brave or possess a rather disposable income to want to take it on this early. Mm, so true. So yeah. true. This, this is cool. This is really cool. I mean, the story is, I feel like it's only seven days old and already this has happened. Like it's exploded. Yeah. Um, so my question is, so if I were to do this, could I go back or is the Nintendo, hmm. like, is it lost forever? Is that, Oh. right? Could I perhaps switch back and forth? Not necessarily <laughs> dual boot, right? But like boot one and then get rid of like it and then boot it flash, Like almost like reflashing the original ROM back onto the uh, onto the switch. And I, I don't know. I guess you could back up the original or if there is a backup of it. Right. I don't think you could ever undo mm. it because you're, you're basically rooting it, right? Yeah, right. well, so, exactly, yeah. So my, my guess would be that there's got to be a way to do it. Um, but you, yeah, you're right. You would have to have a backup of the entire Switch system uh, in order to make that happen. And well, yeah, it's not impossible. And then, what would you do, I guess, with Linux on a Switch? Is it just like it opens up your games, yeah. or is there more? Well, and I wonder if it if it if it kind of brings us back to the phone idea of being able to do more with your devices and have more control over it. But I think, I really think about indie game manufacturers, people who want to create games, but don't have the big studio and can't get into the, the switch. Mm -hmm. You know, you've got to have Nintendo licensing. If you want to be on a Nintendo switch, you've got to license that game and have the, you know, manufactured with the official Nintendo logo and everything. Well, what I'm Cost thinking is once you can get it rooted, you get the software in there. Why couldn't you turn it into like a portable retro pie in theory? Let's do it. In theory. Exactly. Just bring it anywhere with you. When you get home, plug it in, bam, it's on your big screen. Yeah. That may be, well, that to me sounds like something that you would run like a game. Like, 
if it was rooted, then you could run the RetroPie as an example style interface uh, emulation emulation station or something like that it wouldn't be but yeah it would be like the equivalent of that where you could have thousands of games built into the switch and then you pull out that card and pop in another and you're back to playing the normal stuff well exactly i mean you have all those classic handhelds from the uh you know the game boy to uh what was the the genesis Links. Uh, <laughs> like the sega genesis one but the uh what was it called um, oh Somebody in the chat room or on YouTube. I forget what it's called, but you know, get all those games on it and just have that port- portability. That'd be awesome. I love it. Linux for the win. Yeah. <laughs> Linux is winning. Yeah. That's what's happening here. A company which specializes in delivery robots plans to expand its operations from two campuses to 20 by 2019 with a fleet of 1,000. Starship Technologies is partnering with the co-op in Melton Keynes to deliver groceries there. It follows trials with Just Eat to deliver takeout in London, England. One expert said he thinks that it will be a, a long time before they become a regular site on normal streets. The campuses are approving are more of a proving ground for the robots. The machines have a top speed of 10 miles an hour, which is 16.1 kilometers an hour, and in busy streets are accompanied by a human minder. The firm claims none have been stolen or vandalized with 100,000 miles of delivery journeys completed so far. Starship said that the robots will be put to work in 20 universities or work campuses across the UK, US and Germany. They can travel up to three miles and are fitted with nine cameras, radar and GPS and ultrasonic sensors for detecting obstacles. Upon arrival, the recipient of the parcel receives a text message containing a link to unlock the robot. The manufacturer says their robots can deliver around 200 of the most common grocery items. This is amazing. Why? This is amazing because it it solves two problems. One, security of the problem with people getting Amazon packages that get stolen off of off of porches. So now, now you get car trunks. Only if you have a domestic car. So now you're getting a text from the robot for the un- unlock key, right? right? So already it's one extra level of security. And secondly, it will make deliveries faster because, okay, they can travel up to three miles. So let's say somebody driving a truck drops off a bunch of these robots that are making deliveries. Bam, all the deliveries go out at once. The robots come back. They get reloaded to the next location. Bam, they go out again. Saving gas, even. Do you, do you remember your idea about um, Amazon dropping uh, your stuff in a box? Mm-hmm. It's a locked box. So yes. this takes it to the next level. And it's like on wheels. It's robotic. It's it's autonomous. Right. And it's delivering. And then it just sits on your porch. Now I can, yeah, I can see that working. See, I love it. Now, the one thing that I would say is if it needs a human minder, you might as well. Well, except that it would days, be. Though, right, be it is early days. That's yeah. that is true. Uh, depending on how big the box size is, it could be really helpful for people who don't have any way to get, you know, their prescriptions right. to their house, right? Or sure. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe it's just because of my age, but I'm thinking colleges are going to love this. Colleges like, will get a few, this. you know, college or university, get a bunch of these on campus doing all the grocery <laughs> runs. And it's like, I can just hang out in my dorm and the robot's going to deliver everything to me. I exactly. can totally see that being used to the fullest potential. Right. Uh, well, in college campuses, you don't have, like, you rarely have uh, the ability to cook. And if you can cook, it's like the microwave or a hot plate. So, craft this, dinner and pizza. They're smart to start testing this in campuses because they will get lots of use. Yes. I really like the idea, though, of like elderly individuals who can't necessarily go out and do a shop, right? So, mm-hmm. just bring it to me. And that's, that's fantastic. Fantastic. And and the security side. I mean, I feel like yeah. if I were Amazon, I would be putting a whole lot of money into this because sure. it really solves that problem. And if I was mm-hmm. the postal service, even I would I would do the same because the postal service really makes money on the fact that they can deliver every single day, no matter what. Yeah, but they're unionized. That's a whole another story. <laughs> they can't be unionized everywhere. <laughs> All right. A driver who moved into the passenger seat after putting his electric car into autopilot while at 40 miles an hour on a highway has been banned from driving. 
The man, Babish Patel from Nottingham, England, pleaded guilty to dangerous driving at St. Albans Crown Court. A witness in another car filmed him sitting in the passenger seat of his Tesla S60 on the M1 between junctions 8 and 9 near Hemel Hempstead. Patel said that he was the unlucky one who got caught, the court was told. The footage was posted on social media before it was reported to police. The court heard Patel had told officers what he had done was silly, but that his car was capable of something amazing when he was interviewed at the Stevenage police station. He added that he was the unlucky one who got caught. <laughs> A statement provided by a Tesla engineer said the autopilot was intended to provide assistance to a fully attentive driver. Patel was disqualified for 18 months and must do 100 hours of unpaid work and was also fined to cover the costs of the courts. Why is this still an issue? Why do what? people continue to let their car fully drive for them? That was never what it was intended for. Right. In Yet. In the, okay. okay, yet. Fair enough. Thank you. In the defense of this particular driver, except the fact that he went to the passenger seat, right? That part was silly, buddy. But if you stayed in the driver's seat, if you have a fully autopilot car, you cannot expect the driver to then also be attentive. How many of us are completely overworked? Okay, but so if that's now your you car is have the car. Your car is doing everything for you. Now you have nothing you need to be paying attention to. You're going to zone out. You just but you still will. need to be able to access the pedal, Sasha, because the car that these Teslas are designed to alert you in the event of a pending issue. So if, if traffic is getting too heavy and it doesn't want to, it doesn't feel confident in itself. Right. It will, it will wake you. <laughs> and it will tell you, okay, it's time to take over, buddy. But if you're in the other seat and someone pulls out in front of you and the car says, warning, 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 take the wheel, take the wheel, and you're in the other seat. Right. That's, well, not, that's actually not the part I take issue with because okay. I honestly think you should be in the driver's seat, but you cannot expect the driver to remain attentive when you've taken away the only task they have to do while sitting there. I totally You're going to have a bunch of napping drivers with autopilot, and they're just going to be hoping that the chair vibrates or something to wake them up one time be it i completely 100 percent disagree with you right. i think i mean you cannot expect your car is going to fully do the drive for you and respond the way that a human would respond it has right. sensors it will do the best it, it can but you need to be aware of the drive it will respond better than a human responds so then why are people getting killed how many people got killed by autonomous vehicles versus how many people got killed by a human driver vehicle? Okay, but humans have been driving a lot more than autonomous Human vehicles. But humans the problem is when people abuse the technology. Humans text and drive, Jeff. A car doesn't text and drive. You're right. I understand that. But I, right? still, th the there's car no way, no way somebody should be getting behind a car with autopilot functions and not at all paying attention. I, you want to have your hands off the wheel? Fine. You want to be in a relaxed state? Fine. You want to be belting out to Liberace while the car is driving for you? Fine. But you're still having to pay attention. If you don't, bad things will happen. But people who are supposed to be paying attention in non-autonomous cars are already not paying attention. These cars are going to save lives. The problem is he wasn't in the driver's seat, but the car itself is smarter than the human driving it. No wonder he checked out and went into the passenger seat. Really, the car is probably smarter than he is. Okay, but what about dude who was watching a movie while driving? While driving, was the car driving? Or the was, car was driving, he's right. watching a movie, not paying attention, he got killed. I don't know this story. Yeah, we covered it a year ago. It's because he was, he was watching a movie, uh, I want to say it was Harry Potter, I believe, and he rear-ended a vehicle. His car did not His respond in time. His car rear-ended a vehicle. he have been there to take over the controls in an instant, he may have lived. Right, but that same guy not watching a movie, driving a car, could have looked down at his phone while texting and driving sure. and rear-ended somebody and died. The, the point is they still weren't paying attention. Right, but the car is going to be programmed to pay better attention than a person actually naturally will. We are tired and distracted at best. So you're going to fall nope. asleep or you're going to nope. daydream or you're going... Like, I really love autonomous cars and I really think that autonomous cars will drive 
better than humans do. It's been I, wonderful knowing you, Sasha, when you get your autonomous car and you don't pay attention <laughs> and you get in an accident. It's been a pleasure working with you. I will not get into an accident. Your car will. I would not. I love the technology. The technology of autonomous cars is, is phenomenal, but it's p to be used properly. Like with any technology, humans have the ability to abuse it and not use it as prescribed, and that is exactly what happened in this case and in all the other cases where something happened. You need to be aware of what you're doing and use the technology properly. I agree. But I do trust the technology oh, oh, more oh. than I trust. You just said you agree. I know, but I trust the technology more than I trust the, the natural responses of humans who are driving. <laughs> anyway, big thanks to Roy W. Nash and our community of viewers for submitting stories to us this week. Thanks for watching the Category5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Rickman. And I'm right. I think we should get the Obot to do the news. That you way, think so? There's none of this ridiculous arguments. So I think what he's saying is we need to replace Jeff with the Obot. Oh, really? <laughs> you, had to go, you had to go there. Hey, I'm Robbie. He's Jeff. <laughs> the, the argumentative one is Jeff. I'm, I'm Sasha. What? How do I get labeled with that? How? I, just, I, I just, wonder how. I wonder how. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in this week, everybody. It's been a pleasure having you here. Hope you've enjoyed the show. And we look forward to seeing you again next week. Good night. See ya.